Abba Yahweh, this opportunity again, your grace and mercy for this day. Bless me by raising me from my slumber. Give me breath. This your day, Father God, so that I have an opportunity to be in your house and worship with you, Father God, with my brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. Father, I pray for the uprightness and courage of my brothers and sisters. And when I say my brothers and sisters, you know that this is not just the body of Christ, Father, that I'm speaking of. I'm speaking of all my brothers and sisters. Because we are all brothers and sisters created by you, Father God, and hope that they would come and be adopted into the family and become my true heavenly brothers and sisters. That they would come to know your word, Father God, and if there are any out there that hear these seeds that I plant, Father God, and receive your salvation through Jesus Christ, Father God, then I have done well. I've done okay. But Father God, the seeds that I plant, the salvation comes from you, from Christ and the Holy Spirit tugging at their heart. And the salvation comes through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, through, not from me. I share your words, your truth, your knowledge, and your wisdom, Father God. You allow me into your treasury. The salvation comes through Jesus Christ from your word, your truth, Father God, and your love, your grace for us, Father. Nothing I do, I am solely about your business, Father God, because that's how you called me to do. And I want to do that, share your word, so that everyone has an opportunity. Father God, thank you for that. Blessing me for being your conduit and blessing others that I am truly blessed. They that have an ear, let them hear, Father God and shake the scales from their eyes so they can look around. And when you ask them, and why didn't you know? Why didn't you hear? Why didn't you listen? And then their excuse would be, I didn't know. I couldn't hear anything. I didn't see it. But of course, all around us is your beauty, grace, your artistry, Father God, and your might. Thank you, Father God, for the visual and the sunsets that you remind me and the glory and the thunder and lightning storms, Father God, at all. Thank you, Father God, for this opportunity. Abba Yahweh Aman, Yeshua Aman, Paraklitos Aman. A little bit long-winded there. Sure it is, or was. But brothers and sisters, I get that way because God is great, God is good. Let me share, I'm going to share something that some of you might think, oh, so trivial, or oh, so little. That's okay, because you know my pat answer. I don't care, because I know what the truth is, and I know what the reality is, and I was there. I don't care in the way that degrading, belittling, all that can throw there. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I know the truth. I know what's there. I know what God shares with me. I know what God gives. I do care because it saddens me in my heart that there are so many, especially today, that just choose to turn around, turn away or they decide to do, as I said, belittle and degrade and berate. They would choose to do that. And that's unfortunate. But still in my prayers every day. So something happened last night that I think is, it's very meaningful to me. Might not be to somebody else, but I'm sure because I know that God was in it. I know this because it was taking a couple days to get through. Um, have you ever lost something? Maybe misplaced your keys and then you get agitated and agitated and agitated and irate and sometimes you get short and nasty with people. Well, that didn't happen with me, but I I misplaced a, a wallet. And it was distressing because it has important things in it that that I require for certain issues, and there's veteran cards in there. I can't get to the clinic without it. Um, and it causes a great deal of issues. There's some other things that are in there that are of import. Um... I couldn't remember for the life of me what I'd done with it because it was in one place I remember seeing it 
and I don't remember <laughs> where I put it after that. But at any rate, I was looking for it and couldn't find it and looking for it and couldn't find it and was becoming a little rattled and agitated. Um, not in an aggressive manner, but I was just, it was discouraging. And what does the Bible say? Be of good courage, be not discouraged nor dismayed. And I was thinking about these things. <coughs> Pardon me. And I kept wondering what I'd done with it. But I didn't let it go. See, that's the problem with this, brothers and sisters, when we really should be talking to God. And here's the import of what I'm sharing about this wallet issue. Because it is relative. So I'm looking and I said, God, I, I just can't remember, Father. I don't remember what I did with it. I know it's here. But here's, here's the... <laughs> and I kept talking to him, but then I kept trying to remember it and remember what I did with it and talk myself through things. So I was looking, looking, looking. And here's where, for me, this is very typical of God. And it is also, for me, a miraculous thing that he will do. So, last night I came home from work, and I work very late hours, and um, I started looking around, and I, I just can't remember. And I'd already been through coat pockets, gone in the closet. As soon as I finished uttering the words, I said, God, I just don't remember. I don't know where it is. I said, but you do. As soon as I finished uttering those words, I walked straight back into my closet and right to the coat and undid the Velcro. It was a coat that I ride on my motorcycle and reached right in the pocket and pulled my wallet out. And it wasn't as if I said, oh, now I remember. That didn't happen. I walked straight away with the knowledge in my head and put my hand in and pulled it out. Brothers and sisters, here's the thing that we have to remember. As trivial as that may seem to you, this is exactly what the white noise interference of the enemy wants. You have not because you ask not. You know not because you seek not. This is important, brothers and sisters, and as trivial as it may seem to somebody else, God enjoys when we bring what we believe to be trivial to him, but he is our father. I walked straight away to it with a knowledge of where it was and I couldn't remember. And it wasn't one of those snap the fingers and oh, now I remember and walked to find it. That did not even come into the halls of my mind. I walked straight away knew exactly where it was, put my hand on it, and walked out. And then afterwards I said, yes, now. <laughs> now I seem to recall. Afterwards. And my immediate was thanking God. Thank you, Father, for taking you knew where it was. Thank you, Father. And then the calming and, and all that comes along. But the enemy likes us to believe that things are too trivial for God, that God is too powerful, too important, and doesn't want to hear those things. But let me share this with you, brothers and sisters. He is our good, good father. And no matter how trivial it may seem to you, we have to remember that put God in everything. When the word of God says everything, it means everything. Nothing is too trivial for God. Nothing is too powerful for God. Excuse me, take a look around. If you have to, shake your head back and forth really hard and knock those scales that the enemy likes to have on your eyes and look up at the night sky and look at a thunderstorm and see the lightning in the clouds and realize that this is the might and the majesty of Abba Yahweh, your father and maker of all things made. Your father, if you accept Jesus Christ as his only begotten son, and you become an heir and a joint heir in the kingdom of heaven, that is your father, your creator, 
if you're still wondering and pondering, but brothers and sisters, it's very easy to do. Simply confess, repent, and say, I will. Jesus Christ died for your sins. God so loved the world, and he will, and he does. Forgive you, love you, walk in faith, believe that Jesus Christ did come for you, make it personal, and the Holy Spirit will guide and teach. And the Bible tells us you have not because you ask not. Brothers and sisters, I have learned that God is an electrician. God's a handyman. Jesus Christ is a carpenter. And the son of a carpenter. Also the son of God. He is many things. He likes to work with me on my motorcycle. And when things are edgy, because you know you got to get your hand into some tight little place and you can't quite get it right. And the enemy wants to be agitated and agitated and agitated until you're gritting your teeth or even cussing under your breath and you know you shouldn't be doing these things. And when I feel things heading in that direction, I rebuke that and I tell God, I'm sorry. I tell my father, I'm sorry. Just hang on to me, Father. I know you're right here, and I know we can we can do this. And everything starts to smooth over. And sometimes I can almost feel his hand on the back of my hand. Brothers and sisters, I, I've done these things. I've gone through these things. I've gone through other stages. I've been the other way. And, and uh, trust me, as a raised in a family, the things were... A just so type of thing and not just from my father and his military time but my mom was she liked things to be just right too and I think that's part of the fact that they were both depression era children some of you younger folks may not even know what that is or what that was there were people jumping off of skyscrapers and committing suicide because of depression depression had driven them kind of like what a lot of people are doing in this country now. But the <laughs> the deficit had gone so high and taxation had gone so high and nobody was getting anything and people were losing their jobs or businesses and people were taking their lives because they were so deeply depressed and didn't have any idea what was happening in their lives. The Depression era. And you had dust bowl, dust bowl farmers that were, see, there was no work. Nobody was hiring anybody. And the deficit in this country had gone so high. Kind of like what they're driving it to now. But brothers and sisters, God is with us through everything. And my earthly parents had to have things just right and set just right. And they, I think that was maybe part of an element of them just wanting to make sure that it was still there. Because there was a time, brothers and sisters, where they weren't going to be. They learned how to save everything. The, the Underneath the basement, or the, the basement in the house was a working basement. And my father saved everything. Didn't throw anything out that was seemed to be usable and saved, and part of that's come over to me. Some people would call it hoarding. This is not hoarding, okay? My whole house is filled with things, but things that are possibility to be used and, and be recycled and restored and usefully used. My father never went to the hardware store for crying out loud and got much of anything except for certain specific things. He had pipes that he put together and... and repaired things and had parts. He built a flagpole out of a pipe that he had saved and a couple of joints and ball caps and, and an old softball that he had saved. He painted it gold and, and affixed it to the top of this thing that stayed. I mean, the way he put it, he stayed. And he, he put a liner and interior in it. I've, I've read notes and things from acquaintances of mine. Their flagpoles are blown over in the high winds and they can't figure out how to save it. And they buy these store-bought things. My father... 
put something up through the middle of Poland State. And I remember he put that up. I was still in Boy Scouts when he put that thing in. And when I came out of the military, after spending 10 years in the military and going through my scouting years, going through uh, into junior high and high school and then into the military and coming back out, that flight pole was still there. And I remember when my mother was getting ready to sell the house. Well, after my father had passed away, the flagpole was still up and still there. And I hear people griping about, uh, it blew over, it broke in half. I don't know what to do. I just share that with you because these are some of the, the ways that people get things instilled into their system and going through it. Brothers and sisters, the glory of God and knowing his presence because I go through these things with him. He's there with me and I share it with you because it's important. God is indeed with us through all things. I have seen too many things happening in my own personal life to not believe and have faith. And I am where I am because God is with me. God's with all of us. All we have to do is turn our ear toward his voice Lean in and listen when he speaks. And it might not be an audible voice, although he does do that. I've heard it. He speaks in so many ways. That person coming around the corner of the building, you could have been praying for God, I really need to get a word today. I don't know what to do. Somebody comes around the corner of a building, you're walking down the street, your head is down, you're not even looking up. You haven't seen this person in 10, 12 years, three, five years, two years, whatever. The person comes around the corner of the building and you bump into them and you lift your head up and you say, oh my gosh, Janice or Robert or whatever their name might be. And you instantaneously remember and then you start chatting a little bit and then they say something from the Bible or they say a verse that they remembered or they say something and then the conversation turns toward God and then they say something, they share something with you and then you hug or you shake hands or whatever you want to do and you say, wow, it's really nice to see you. and you go away. They brought what you were praying for. And in your prayers, brothers and sisters, God delivers many ways and shapes and forms. I've shared this with you before in the word of God. It tells us this, that God is a mystery. You don't know how it's gonna come, but he will bring it to you in many ways, shapes and forms. It could be, in a newspaper article, it could be something that you saw on a billboard as you drove by. It could be something as you walk by an appliance. I don't even think they do this anymore. You walk by an appliance store and there's a TV in the window and they have some show on. I don't even think they do that anymore. And here's the relevance of the prince of the air, the enemy, the devil, Satan, and his followers and minions. And I share this portion because it's true. The prince of the air. Think about it, brothers and sisters. Food for thought for you. They don't have these things anymore because there's too many instantaneous ways to obtain things. You can get on the computer online at home or as many people do, they walk around and they have their face plugged into these stupid cell phones. I see it every day and all day long through my work. People are driving with this thing in their hand and they're going down the freeway. I was ending a particular area of work that I was in and I was coming back home. And here's this person, not in the slow lane over where they're supposed to be and they weren't in the passing lane, but they were in the middle lanes of the freeway, and they were probably doing maybe 45, possibly. And people are passing on both sides, and I went by and I looked over. Lo and behold, here's this woman, old enough to know much better. She's got this, I don't know if it was an iPad or what it was, but I could. she was holding it in one hand, so it might have been one of the new ginormous cellular telephone, she had the phone on and she had it right up on the side of the steering wheel and she's looking at her phone driving down the middle of the freeway. Seriously, brothers and sisters? 
But not just that. People walk down the street. I've shared with you walking, watching people walk down the sidewalk and walk right straight against a red light into the moving traffic and then become agitated with the traffic when they honk their horn to say, hey, you're in traffic. Hello, wake up. And then they get agitated and they're hollering obscenities and they throw the little middle finger up at the person in the car as if it was their fault. And I watched family groups that don't sit at a dinner table. They're out to dinner, a special occasion of some kind. And you look at the table and everyone has got their phone out. Everyone. Mom, dad, kids, aunts, uncle, everybody has got their phone out. They're sitting there stuffing food in their face and they're, and you can look at them. They're not even looking at the food. They're not looking at one another. They're looking at something going on on the table. And then you can see the glow coming up from the phones. Brothers and sisters, that's pathetic. It's pathetic because the prince of the air is controlling this thing and drawing people in. <coughs> and people are losing personal touch with one another because they're into this little device. So you don't see what I used to see when I grew up. You could walk down the street, the plants were. I had a TV out in front of the window. You don't see it. But then, too, God can use this thing that the prince of the air tries to control. God brought this platform to me, brothers and sisters. I was looking for a way to do it because I don't have a computer. I don't have a lot. I don't, I don't. <laughs> brothers and sisters, I'm not in a position to be able to do all these things. And to do a podcasting was talking about thousands of dollars and you have to have this equipment, that equipment. You might need to have a publishing specialist, da, 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 da. By the time I got done doing the research on that particular page, I was looking at it, it was going to cost a couple thousand dollars and that was just to get started. You see some of these folks on, you got individuals like Joe Rogaine and Dan I don't want to mispronounce his last name, but anyway, he does a lot of really good news stuff and, and I've seen some of his things and you have these special microphones with a little spit screen on them and, uh, you know, the, you got, and they're wearing headphones and doing all this stuff and, you know, they got it, their little area set up like a studio. I can't afford that stuff, but of course the things that they do, they, they can, that's Okay. But God brought me back into that page that I was looking at, and he showed me that little funny symbol that's on this thing. And it was all free. God can control things. This, this thing that the enemy tries to control and get people drawn in and use it for derisive issues and separation and purposes of keeping people apart. Because, brothers and sisters, the goal of the enemy is separation. And I'm telling you, he's been in heaven. The demons that work for him used to be there as well. The angels that were cast out with him, they are demons. And they are far more than just some of the minions that are working for him. Minions are more like his little puppets and you have gubernatorial Persons and electoral elected officials that are working and doing and they're and they're they're blindly thinking that it's all about their agenda and their issue and you have people just out in general you have people that are around you all the time members of of the million society that will walk around and they do these terrible nasty things they have no desire to be walking with a brother and sister, sharing any good news or anything. They want to drive separation, depression, discouragement, derisiveness. That's his goal. That's his whole purpose is to drive a wedge of separation, which ultimately leads to separation and perishing. Remember, brothers and sisters, perishing has nothing to do with death. It has to do with eternal separation from God and not being able to be in heaven. And with your loved ones, brothers and sisters, what about your loved ones that went before? They did believe. Would you not like to see them and be with them? 
and be with him surrounded by this, the depth of love that is far beyond any imaginings. You can't even understand the magnitude of the love of God. For God so loved the world. Two little letters are so descriptive. What, what a way to describe something. It's, it's beyond. The ocean is so deep over here. Well, how deep is it? You go down and it's three miles into this abysmal canyon. They have a special craft that can go really, really deep in the depths but it's never been that deep. And to get crushed by the pressure because it's so deep. Space is so vast, you, you can't see the other side. When you look up, it looks like a wall sprinkled with diamond, glistening diamonds. But it's so vast, you can't see the other side. It's so vast that our galaxy is only one of hundreds and thousands that are out there. And more, scientists say. Brothers and sisters, the magnitude of God is beyond the finite mind and understanding of mammon. And much of what the problem becomes is trying to figure things out with that finite thought process. Ah, that can't be possible. God wouldn't do that. Uh, why? Because you've got your the mind of Memon working and you're listening to the white noise of the enemy. I shared that bit with my wallet because brothers and sisters, I just walked through it. And quite honestly, I don't care whether you believe it or you don't believe it. I mean, I, I don't care because of the degradation and, and belittling, but I care that you're not understanding that God is in everything with us in all things and that he will respond because he is our good, good father. It wasn't like, oh, now I remember a moment. It wasn't like that, brothers and sisters. I walked straight in there. I don't even now. I don't even think I was actually thinking of something as as thought process normally goes. I just walked in, put my hand right on it, because the knowledge was right there, right then, at that split moment. As soon as I said the words, I said, "Father, this is this has got me befuddled. I don't know where it is, but you do. As soon as I finished uttering the word, I took a left face step and marched off down the hallway, went into the bedroom, into the closet, put my hand on it and walked out and I looked at it and then I just started smiling and said, thank you, Father, thank you. I knew you knew. And then as I walked farther out and I set it down, I was like, ah, now I remember but I couldn't. God is with us in all things, brothers and sisters, and he will respond. You have not because you ask not. So, brothers and sisters, we have to allow the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, to override every single thing that we're going through which is what I did with this, the wallet situation. I knew and I know that God is with me all the time. And the enemy likes to drive that thought out of our minds and our hearts with that white noise of interference and the seeds of the weeds, brothers and sisters. Don't allow them to get so tall that you can't look beyond and see what is out there to see that God provides and shares with us. What you have to do is look around. In the mountains, the babbling brooks, as I shared with you when we went out there, my father and I had gone a couple times, just the two of us. And 
you know, they have electronic devices that provide this masking noise so people can sleep. We found a place, it was on a, on a sandbar, and the time of the year we knew that there was not any danger of a flash flood or some big raging water coming down there, but we were camping on a sandbar out in the middle of a river. Perfect bedding. We didn't even put a tent up. Brought one, but didn't even put it up. Put the shallows in the sand, and it was so comfortable. But what was so awesome is the babbling brook. <laughs> brook, I was in the middle of a river. But it was the where it was is that the stones around it, we could hear the, the roiling of the water going through the stones. God sang us to sleep every night that we were out there through the natural sounds that are put out in the river, the wind that would blow through the trees, very comfortable place to be. It was like he was tucking us in every night and then singing us a lullaby. Oh my gosh, brothers and sisters, open your spiritual hearing and shake the scales off your eyes that the enemy drives through the things that are going on in this world around us today. He is in everything that we experience. <coughs> Pardon me. And he's with us all the time. In and around us all the time in everything. When I go downtown, I look up and I see these monumental skyscraper, these buildings, and I'm thinking, wow. The knowledge that God shared with the individuals to do this and the wisdom that they collected in doing these things, starting out as a little, as a lumper in the concrete business or what have you, it doesn't matter how where they started from, but what they're doing now is they're designing these buildings. That's knowledge that God shares with them and that collective knowledge that they then turn into wisdom on how to build these things so that they would be weight-bearing, and that people go up in this, some of these things. There are hotels, some of them. And people are staying in these things and 15, 20 stories up, and they're staying up there. And and during conventions and things that are going on, the place is filled. Can you imagine what the weight is like and people moving and walking around in there all the time? This come, This isn't just something that they thought up. This knowledge comes, everything that we have, this is what we have to remember too, brothers and sisters, and this comes in the tithing and the sharing and the things that, that we need to be giving back because it's all from God anyway. And it's a form of worshiping and honoring God. Brothers and sisters, it's not much to ask. I find it very easy. And brothers and sisters, let me share this with you too. When you bless the house of God or whatever it is that is sharing the gospel and you do what you're asked to do that way, God will bless you back and return to you tenfold, a hundredfold in blessings. Brothers and sisters, I know that God is with me because I'm I'm telling I know this sounds a little far fetched to some people because you're trying to figure it out with your finite mind and that's oh, not okay. Get beyond that. You have to work on beyond it. I go in my refrigerator, my cupboard, and there's things that are in there that and it isn't like the wallet that I don't remember doing it. I I'm pretty pretty lucid when it comes to things like that. You know, my groceries and things but brothers and sisters, I'm going in my cupboard and into the refrigerator, and there are things that are in there. So wow, I didn't. I don't remember getting that much. I don't remember having that or before. It's still there. And brothers and sisters, it's in there. It's he's providing for me. He's providing everything that I need, not everything that I want. There's a vast difference that we have to get beyond too because the white noise of interference that Satan throws out there interferes with that aspect because many things that we don't need is we want 
and we confuse the two. There is a very, very big difference. And it is very profound difference. But we have to understand, realize, meditate on, practice, pray about it, that God is with us in everything that we are doing in every life experience and everything is with us. And this is part of that practicing thing, brothers and sisters, that practicing thing I shared with you about. Practice the meditation, practice to stay in a continual prayer. Those things have to be practiced. It's not just a snap of the finger and it's instantaneous. It does not function that way. But we have to practice to stay focused on God in all things. In all things. It does take practice. Paul writes about it. And we have to study to show ourselves approved. Any master magician or master musician, either one, do you think that they just got to where they're at? The, the magicians practice and practice and practice, and some of them started as a child. You have truly gifted ventriloquists. My goodness gracious, that young girl. I remember seeing her when she was, I think uh, the first time I saw her, I think she was 10, 12. And she was so good. And then she kept practicing and she was so good and she had her puppets were singing operatic arias. Oh my gosh. And there are others that have made quite a bit of money and they travel all the world. But it took practice, brothers and sisters. Yo-Yo Ma, some of you might not know who he is. He's a cellist. A wonderful musician. He plays with with vocal artists and he's done things with so many famous people out there. And he has become famous in his own right. You think it just happened? It took practice. Practice. You think these rock bands that are out there, some of you might all be into. You think that it just happened, they don't practice. No, it took practice. And the video releases that they do, you think they just go and release it? Of course, some of them are so pathetic, it looks like that's exactly what they do, but they take practice. But God is with us in everything. And we need to practice and train ourselves and train our minds to stay conscious of God in all our situations and encounters. And... Uh, Jacob had gone out, and there's a situation, a story that you find in Genesis about Jacob. And he took off from his brother. It was not a great situation. I mean, there was argument and things that went on. And he went out in the middle of this desolate area, lay down on a, he made stone to elevate his head and... <coughs> And he had a dream in heaven. And there was a ladder and the angels were going up and down to here and to heaven. And the Lord was standing at the top of the ladder. <clears throat> and was speaking and said, I am the Lord of Lords. I am the Lord God. But here's the thing, those angels going up and down on the ladder, what do you think that was representative, representative of? God is sending word to us all the time, brothers and sisters. The angels come up, we have messengers, and some of them are our protectors, but they don't get called to do anything because you don't ask for them to be dispatched. You don't send them by asking. But that ladder represents their coming and going. And Jacob awoke and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I didn't even know it. Because he was out in the middle of nowhere. He just got tired and the sun had gone down. So he took some stones and he made a place for his head. What did Jacob discover in that time? That the Lord God is with him everywhere. And sometimes we're not even aware of it, but he's right there. And then something will take place. You might lay down and have a dream. 
or you might see something that snap a finger and instantaneously you realize, wow, God is here with me. And then we may say something like, wow, surely the Lord is in this place. I didn't even realize it. And then when you talk to God, we just ask him to, God, show me. Show me you're here with me. Do you think that doesn't please God? That we would ask him to make himself known? Brothers and sisters, but you have to lean in and hear it. Like I said, many times, many places, it could be a complete stranger. It could be some acquaintance that you haven't seen for quite a long time. It could be in a billboard. It could be on a TV screen, a movie screen, and something is said that triggers that thought in your mind. It's like, wow, that was meant for me. And sometimes, brothers and sisters, the wow is an audible wow moment because somebody will turn to you and say, wow, what's that about? And then in realization, you have to, oh, nothing, nothing. That was, that was just a quick thought I had. Leaning into God in all things and all the time, brothers and sisters, sometimes through my work and the course of things, and I'm learning, I'm practicing more and more to be prayerful in all things and to thank him all day long, to pray and talk to God all day. And I can do that. And here's, <laughs> I was actually crying while I was working last night. Luckily it was night and the dark and people couldn't see, but I was so moved by the fact that God is with me all the time when I'm going through my, and it's a place in an area where many co-workers don't like and they, it reflects. Sadly, it reflects. But I've had people make comments to me that why are you so different? And as I go through my areas that people, they wave, they recognize me, they know me. I have people that I have no idea that I touched them the way I did. And there's some pep people that have some very special needs. And I share that in several ways. There's some people that are really angry and they need some special need. They need special consideration, compassion, caring. So I have to pour that out. And then there are those that have special needs because they're deficient mentally, they can't quite grasp things. As an adult, they still have a mind of a child. It could be for any reason. We have no idea what got them where they are. But they're cognizant enough to be able to utilize transportation and be able to be around people, but they still have special needs. And individuals that you think your life doesn't matter to them, and when they encounter me again, they remember my name they speak to me by name brothers and sisters that may not be much to somebody but when you have complete strangers that you don't know and you don't encounter on a daily basis but during the course of work or the process of your walk that you encounter them often enough and they come and they remember your name. You've never even been introduced. Where I work and how I work, I have my name is on a, a nameplate. They take a moment and they look and they remember. How often does that happen in your line of work or your business? How often does it happen in your life at all that people would come in, they see your nameplate on, on your desk and they walk back, they see you again and in a week's time out somewhere at the coffee or in a lobby or they see you somewhere and they're like, man, you know, snapping their finger and they're trying, I know you from somewhere and they don't remember your name. You weren't even introduced or maybe you were introduced and they don't remember you. These people remember me simply because they saw my name tag and something that I was doing. But here's the ticket. This was the Lord through me was doing. I am reflecting as we all should the light. I want to do so brighter and more and I always ask that.
And evidently, I must be getting a response because these people are remembering my name and they remember that I am different from others. And those that come with the aggressive attitude, the Holy Spirit keeps them away from me. And I throw these bullet prayers out there for him to take control. And when the situation goes to, to a point beyond where it might not be very good, he steps in there. And it's not allowed to take place. I had one the other day that was really, really bad, very aggressive actually. And I don't get rattled real easily with things like that. Even as an old guy, I don't. I have certain knowledge, but what's most important and better is knowledge that God is with me and the Holy Spirit is there and I have protection. The individual was, I mean, really, really aggressive, but it was as if somebody had taken him under his arms, turned him about and walked him away. I was still a little rattled, and, and it, was, it was not good. And it was over something so minor, nothing even I said to the individual. He was just angry, and it was probably not even me. It was during the course of the day, the evening, at work, whatever it was. Something got him to that point, but I couldn't respond aggressively to him, but I was ready to defend myself because it had become to that point if I had to, but I didn't have to. Why? Because the Holy Spirit stepped in and the companions that he brought put their hands underneath this guy's arm, turned him about and walked him away. Thank you for that, Lord. We have to be aware of these with us. David writes in Psalm 31, in the shelter of your presence, you hide them from the intrigues of men. In your dwelling, you keep them safe from accusing tongues. Brothers and sisters, that's truth and it's real. We have to remember that when we get to that certain place and we lay our heads down, you have to remember that you rest in that peace and comfort because God is with us always. He's always with us. And if you go to Genesis 28, 11 through 16 is specifically speaking about Jacob in that place and the dream that he had. Brothers and sisters, God is indeed with us always in everything. I love you, brothers and sisters. Be blessed and have a good day. And I pray for you on my going out, my coming in, that you would experience the presence of the Lord and know that the white noise of the interference of the enemy wants you to believe that things that we are involved in are too trivial for God, not important enough for God. God's too big, God's too busy. Not true. He is. If you have accepted Jesus Christ, have faith in him, and the Holy Spirit guides your walk and learning, he is your Abba Yahweh. He is your Father, maker of all things made. And if you are not or have not been adopted in the family, it's really easy to do. You simply get someplace where you're not in the middle of an intersection of traffic. And that's not necessarily automobile either, but get somewhere quiet. And it can be done any time of day. It can be done at work. You can have somebody pray with you that you have heard and you may realize that they are a follower and have knowledge of the word. You can ask them to do it with you or you can do it by yourself. Lord Jesus, I want you in my life. 
I want to be adopted into the family of God. I want to be able to come to heaven, share time with my loved ones that I haven't seen, that I know were believers. I do believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son. I do believe in you, Father God, and I want to have faith in what you say in your word. And I want to have the Holy Spirit guide my steps. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. That's all it takes, brothers and sisters. That's simple. Mine was even kind of long. You can do it even simpler. Yes, I believe. Yes, I want to have faith. Yes, I want the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Or if you want to pour yourself out to him, which God will listen to it, brothers and sisters. God is great at that. And when you bring those things to him, brothers and sisters, this is a precious thing to our Father. Our Creator loves to hear from us. When you become a believer, you are adopted into the family. Romans 8 is their adoption letter. And he tells John through a vision on the island of Patmos, he shows them that the prayers of the saints and those are the followers of Jesus Christ, believers that he is God's son and have faith in God and pray to God. God uses the term the saints. It's never used in the word or his Bible in a singular form. And he showed John these little golden, the angel showed him these little golden vials. <clears throat> Those are the prayers, <clears throat> pardon me, brothers and sisters, the enemy lives to do this when I'm sharing. Likes to try to interfere, that white noise thing. But the angel held up these golden vials and John was puzzled and the angel shared, he said, this, these are the prayers of the saints that God saves because they are a sweet savor to his nostrils. They're like an incense to his nostrils. A sweet smell, a sweet odor. Brothers and sisters, he loves our prayers. You have a blessed day. Be encouraged, uplifted, brothers and sisters. Open your eyes, lean in and hear.